Denver Sports at 104.3 The Fan proudly present Be a Mentor, Be a Fan. Learn more about getting involved at denversports.com slash mentor. Be a Mentor, Be a Fan here on 104.3 The Fan. It's our campaign at Denver Sports to help encourage people here in the Denver community to get involved in mentorship and make a real impact here in our community. And we've had the fortunate opportunity to catch up with different personalities and get their stories of mentorship and how it helped them get to where they are today. And really happy to be joined this morning by 15-year NFL veteran, two-time All-Pro linebacker that you hear on 104.3 The Fan, Chad Brown, joining me, Rod Sharon, this morning. Chad, Thanks for joining us. Uh, happy to be here, Raj. This is one of my favorite subjects. Uh, so often in life, I, I think uh, people want to try to go at it on their own. We are stronger together. Mentorship, leadership, those things matter. They count. Um, and my life has certainly been affected uh, in so many positive ways by these people who came along at the right time for me. Well, really excited to hear those stories from you. If you're looking, if you're listening right now and wondering how you could get involved, very simple. Head to denversports.com slash mentor. We've got a ton of resources on there, including a way you can get involved with our partner, Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Colorado, which is a wonderful local organization. Uh, They're in real need of mentors who can come in and help uh, work with young people, be a friend to young people, and again, be a mentor, help them along the way. Again, denversports.com slash mentor. Uh, That is the site where you can learn a ton to get involved in whatever capacity you want to get involved. And you're going to hear a lot about coaching today because obviously we're a Sports station, and so sports is such a big part of it. But it doesn't have to be coaching. You can just be a mentor. You can be a friend uh, to someone along the way and kind of help show them and, and guide them. So, Chad, in, in terms of your story, where it starts, um, I know it comes from humble beginnings. Uh, tell me a little bit about your upbringing. Maybe when you started playing ball, and uh, what sort of impact some of these mentors and, and coaches had on you at a young age to point you in the right direction. Okay, uh, so I'm the second youngest of eight children. Uh, grew up in Altadena, California. Most people have heard of Pasadena, so Altadena is right next to it. So grew up in Southern California. Uh, started playing Pop Warner football when I was nine years old. Um, before that, I played flag football. So I was certainly familiar with the game, but my dad uh, and some group of dads were the coaches. But by the time I got to Pop Warner football, there were an existing group of Pop Warner coaches who had had some success, and I was lucky enough to kind of be on their team and that's when I first learned, I guess, uh, really about about leadership and, and what it means and how powerful it can be to take a group of nine-year-old boys who, you know, I'm sure it had to feel like corralling cats, <laughs> trying to get these nine-year-old boys to all be on the same page uh, and turn us into a, a football team, but not just a football team, a very successful football team that went on to win championships and have guys go into the NFL. Uh, that initial process of learning about leadership and teamwork and working together uh, was really instrumental for me in the rest of my football career, that very first opportunity to play Pop Warner football at nine years old. Um, so that coaching staff was very big on discipline, um, on toughness, on on leadership. And even within the team, while they were certainly the coaches who tried to lead the team, they were always looking to find ways to improve our own personal leadership over the team. You know, you're going to lead the offensive line group, Chad. We got this leader in the running back room kind of thing. So uh, even at nine years old, I was beginning to learn the basics of it, even if I wasn't always, you know, initially tuned in to what it was going to mean later in life. Boy, you want to talk about making a powerful impact. You can hear it in your, not just what you're saying, but the way you're saying it, the impact that these coaches made, uh, made on you. 
at nine years old. Now, I'm not going to date you, Chad, but that wasn't yesterday. That was right. a while ago that you were nine years old. And it continues to show uh, to this day. And obviously, you had a ton of success. So um, as you get a little bit older and you sort of grow into that Chad Brown frame and you get to high school, uh, what sort of impact uh, did you see, whether it was coaches or teachers, you know, someone along the way there that uh, helped you get to where you'd wind up eventually getting? Uh, very lucky to you know grow up in the you know, same place where, you know, I was born. So, uh, so many of the teachers I was familiar with from other schools, or maybe they te- taught my older siblings. Uh, so many of my friends were the same because we all went to school together. So it wasn't like I was dropped into a, you know, a, a foreign situation. It was always a great sense of, of, of comfort wherever I was at because of these relationships, which I think allowed this mentorship leadership thing to maybe flourish a little bit deeper in my life than for other folks. Uh, Mrs. Brown, who ended up being probably my favorite teacher in all of high school, I went to school with her daughter. I knew Mrs. Brown. My mother was a school teacher as well. So my entire family, my, the Brown family, also knew Mrs. Brown and her family. So when you know I got to high school and I was in her class, the fact that she knew me, she I think she was able to put her arm around me in a way that was a little bit different than she would somebody she didn't have that same level of familiarity with. So certainly had some teachers who I had long-term relationships with, either from my mother's teaching experience or from me knowing and growing up with their kids. Um, but for number one, for my high school uh, mentor would be Jim Brownfield, my high school coach. Um, even now, I can, I, I can feel my voice starting to tighten up and cracking. That's how powerful of an emotion that Jim Brownfield uh, brings out of me because he saw something in me. Here I am getting, getting choked up. I didn't see in myself. And I think that sometimes that's the most powerful thing that a person can experience when a mentor or a leader or someone older sees something in you that you don't see in yourself and sees you going beyond the small little bubble that you had enclosed yourself in. There's going to be life for you outside of Altadena, outside of Pasadena. You're going to do big things. Okay. I, I had no idea I was going to do these big things. And to hear this at 15 years old, opened my mind up, expanded my horizons in ways that I had never thought possible before that. So obviously you were successful with it and you, you took the lessons and, and whatnot that he kind of lent you along the way to have a really successful high school career to get no, notoriety and recruited and, and that sort of thing. And we know that's how you wound up here. That's why you're here today. You wind up at the University of Colorado Tell me about the legendary Bill McCartney. Before you even step on the football field for him, how do you wind up going there? Is he a big part of that process oh, to get absolutely, you there? Absolutely. Bill, uh, Coach McCartney, um, you know, I had a number of coaches sit on my parents' couch and explain why I should go to Arizona or BYU or any uh, you know, uh, any of these other schools, Cal or USC or UCLA, all these other schools who were used to recruiting me. Coach McCartney's ability to walk into a room command the room, and then shift into leadership mode. Um, I've never seen another human being with that ability at that level. Been around some incredibly powerful uh, leaders and men. But Coach Mack's ability to do that, to command the attention, and then once he's got your attention, to create a a consensus in the room, that's probably the essence of leadership. Um, And one of Coach Mack's, favorite sayings uh, once I became a Colorado Buffalo was everything rises and falls on leadership. And I've seen it everywhere I've worked. I've seen it in my own companies. I've seen it on football teams. 
it's it, it's so true. But to see him walk into my parents' house and after them seeing and talking to, you know, a dozen plus 15 college head coaches and to see my dad sit up straighter, it's like, this is a powerful man. He's he's able to just command that kind of respect and attention. Um, Coach Max recruiting of me and his vision of me. Um, Coach Mack would sit in, in, in the living rooms of recruits and tell them about his vision for them. And it was very similar to that same experience I had with Jim Brownfield, where Co- Jim Brownfield saw something bigger in myself than I saw in myself. Coach Mack had a vision for me before I had a vision for myself. What's going to happen when you become a Colorado Buffalo? This is going to be the springboard for the rest of your life. Chad, you're going to fall in love with the state of Colorado. I live here in the state of Colorado. <laughs> you are going to be an All-American. I was an All-American. You are going to you're, you are going to meet your future wife at the University of Colorado. I met Kristen Brown, well, Kristen Pope, now Kristen Brown at the <laughs> University of Colorado. Your kids are going to become Colorado Buffaloes. Both of my kids have graduated graduated from the state, so I'm not sure if there could be a more perfect vision as far as this is what somebody lays out to you on a recruiting uh, visit, and it actually all came to pass. Wow, really impactful stuff, and that's before you even. Step foot on campus. Yes. How about that? So, I mean, we've heard, I mean, all of us, we've heard stories about the the leadership and, and mentorship of, of Bill McCartney. So that was the process in the living room to get you to go. You lived, Like you said, you've lived your whole life in this one part of Southern California to come to Colorado, which at that point hadn't had a lot of like winning tradition or anything like that of Boulder, but clearly made the impact to get you there. What happens when you actually step out on the football field? What, what What's he like as a leader, as a mentor? What about some of the, you know, maybe assistant coaches or teammates? Anyone really stand out to you from your time playing there? Uh, yeah. Being a Colorado Buffalo at that time was incredibly special. Not only did we have Bill McCartney, we had Gary Barnett, who went on to be a head coach, Ron Vanderlyn, who went on to become a head coach, Mike Hankowitz, who just retired a year or two, uh, you know, 50 years in, in football, ended up uh, his career at Northwestern as a longtime defensive coordinator there. So a number of really uh, prominent coaches were on that staff and guys who went on to become coaches in either college football or the NFL were also a part of that team. Vance Joseph, uh, who we're obviously familiar with here in Denver, Eric Bieniemy. Um So there's, uh, there was, the leadership was so incredibly powerful and strong there. But I will say my freshman year, I fought back against that because – uh, when Coach Max said, I'm going to be like another father to you once you get on campus, I th- my thought was, I've already got a dad. Jim Brown's a great dad. I don't need another dad. And I got this whole thing figured out. Well, it turns out that was exactly what I needed, as much as I fought back against that. And I've actually had some opportunities to be with Coach Mack as a, a grown-up and to explain to him, when you said those things, it was instant pushback from me. And it turns out that was exactly what I needed. Um, so Coach Max's leadership, not just from a football coaching perspective, which is legendary, to take these guys from all across the country and turn us turn us into a national championship champion a football team, but also his personal leadership to for for me guiding me through some tough times that I think everyone goes through as a, a college student as you're kind of growing from a boy into a man, dealing with family issues, personal issues on campus, uh, playing time issues. All those things, homesickness, homesickness issues, all that stuff that come came up. Coach Mack was always there to provide. And it wasn't always an arm around you. Sometimes it was a kick in the in, in the pants, but that was also what I needed at those times. 
what a powerful lesson there when it, we talk about mentorship that sometimes the the person or persons that need the help or need the mentorship the most may not be quite as accepting or asking for it, and they may be the ones that need it the most and can have the most profound impact. DenverSports.com slash mentor is the site we're advocating and encouraging everyone to go to to learn how you can get involved and become a mentor like some of the ones that Chad Brown has been talking about here and make an impact on people here in the Denver community, including through our partnership with Big Brothers Big Sisters of Colorado. So, Chad, you, you, you go on, you, you win a national championship. Championship at the University of Colorado, a lot of success, and you're getting ready to go to the NFL. We'll get some of those stories when we come back. Denver Sports at 1043 The Fan proudly present Be a Mentor, Be a Fan. Learn more about getting involved at Denversports.com slash mentor. Welcome back to Be a Mentor, Be a Fan here on 104.3 The Fan this Saturday morning. I'm Rod Sharon, joined by Chad Brown as we're talking about mentorship, stories about mentorship and advocating for everyone here in the Denver community to get involved and learn how you can become a mentor, whatever level you're comfortable with, whether it's coaching, which we've been talking a lot about, obviously, with the sports tie-in, but maybe it's at a smaller level, maybe it's at a, a, a different level, whatever it might be, you can really make a positive impact here in Denver by getting involved with some of these young people. Uh, that that could maybe use some help and use a mentor. And Chad talked a lot about from Pee-wee through high school and then to the legendary Bill McCartney at the University of Colorado. Now you're getting ready to go into the NFL, Chad, and uh, you're getting ready to be drafted. Uh, What sort of support system or mentorship did you have during that process before you were selected? Did you have, uh, whether it was coaches at CU or, you know, maybe other people you knew from kind of the football community that were helping you prepare for that moment so you could be ready? I would go with probably my number one mentor at the time, which is going to sound funny, was my agent, uh, Peter Schaefer, still works here in Denver, represented uh, Jerome Bettis and Barry Sanders, Steve Atwater, some Hall of Fame guys on on his roster. Uh, So Peter was really instrumental for for me navigating the uncertainty of it all. Where am I going to go? What round am I going to go? You know, do I do I buy a Rolex with my with my sign in bonus? All those things, those crazy thoughts you have rattling around in your head as you're making this transition from a college student who barely put together enough money to buy a, to buy a pizza to now I'm going to quote unquote you know fulfill my life's dreams and be in the NFL. So Peter was really helpful in, in that process. I certainly leaned on Brian Cabral, which is a guy who I didn't mention earlier talking about my Colorado experience. Bill McCartney may have set the tone and the direction of the Colorado Buffaloes football program. But if I were to put the heart and soul to it all, that would be Brian Cabral. Uh, To give you one story, during one summer, uh, I needed to go to summer school to improve my my GPA. I literally took the entire spring off, and my GPA uh, showed (laughs) I took the spring off, so I had to go to summer school. And... um, you know, I'm not a morning person. I, I'm still at this point, even at 52 years old, I'm still not a morning person. But uh, I missed one summer school class. The next day, Brian Cabral broke into my apartment, climbed through a window, got me out of bed, and literally shoved me into the shower and dropped me off at class. Um, so mentorship and leadership can be for someone who's willing or fighting against it, like I was with some of Coach McCartney's leadership, or can be even a touch physical as Brian Cabral <laughs> had me with me as well. But Brian played uh, nine years in the NFL, played with Chicago Bears as part of their uh, Super Bowl run. And so Brian Cabral was another person who I really leaned to in that process, making that transition from a Colorado Buffalo to an NFL player. 
Um, but then once I got into the NFL, there were so many leaders in that Pittsburgh Steelers locker room. You're drafted by the Steelers. Yes. Uh, you know, Bill Cowers, sort of the name everyone thinks of and knows, and I'm sure he had an impact. It, tell us a little bit about the chin as well as some of the other <laughs> maybe coaches or veteran players you show. I think Rod Woodson might have been there when you got there. I'm sure there were some real name players uh, when uh, you got oh, there. Oh, the, right? the, the name dropping that's about to, about, it's about to happen here is, <laughs> is ridiculous. Uh, you know, I went out to Pittsburgh before the draft. They flew me in for a pre-draft visit, so I got a chance to spend some time with Bill Cowher. And he has a presence as well, not quite the same as a Bill McCartney presence, but a very intense, and we've seen Bill Cowher with the chin on the sideline, the intensity. He's, he's a very close talker, uh, kind of like the Seinfeld episode. <laughs> so you can't help but hear everything that he's saying. Uh, but then I go into the linebacker room, and I meet with Marvin Lewis, who at that time was just Marvin Lewis, the Pittsburgh Steelers linebacker coach, but then becomes Marvin Lewis, the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals a few years after that. Uh, you know, I think he coached 16 years with the Bengals. Uh, I go into a room with Greg Lloyd and Kevin Green. Um, I'm in the same defensive room as Rod Woodson, Hall of Famer. I'm going against Dermani Dawson, Hall of Famer, on the offensive line. So, so many great players, so many great leaders. And I learned along the way that there's lots of different ways to be a leader. Um, while I was certainly being led by these guys, uh, when young guys would come in, I would try to be a mentor towards them as well. And you have to have your own style and you have to be believable. You have to be authentic. Um, and each of those guys was authentic to himself. Greg, who for five years was the baddest man in football, 10th degree Taekwondo black belt, had a very intense style. Uh, we've seen Kevin Green with the long hair, doing some of the wrestling stuff, a little bit more of a cartoon character style to his leadership. So uh, I learned along the way, you can be you, um, but you still have to be you at a very high level to be a believable leader. You can't lead the club from the tub. you got to lead from the field. you got to be one of us. You've got typically you have to be a high-performing person for whatever your particular skill set is. It doesn't mean you have to be the best player on the team or be an all-pro to be a leader, but you have to – the things you talk about from a leadership perspective, you have to be able to go out there and execute them yourself. Um, so there was lots of different guys who I learned from in that Pittsburgh Steelers experience soaking up that experience. I don't know if I'm able to play 15 years in the NFL without those particular set of influences, Bill Cowher, Marvin Lewis. I don't want to leave out Dick LeBeau, who's also in the Hall of Fame, Greg Lloyd, uh, Kevin Green, Rod Woodson, all those guys. I learned a little bit from each of them, which became instrumental for me when I moved on from the Pittsburgh Steelers to Seattle and now I'm a high-priced free agent, and people are looking to me to be a leader. Tell me about that. You get to Seattle, so now you're um, sort of away from that. Uh, it sounds like kind of warm, comfy environment of Pittsburgh with all this leadership to a Seattle team that's sort of an upstart team a little bit. You know, they hadn't had a lot of recent success at that point. You're the big free agent signing. Did you feel a pressure pressure to be that mentor to some of the younger players on the team and help show them, hey, this is how I learned in Pittsburgh. This is how we win? That initial year uh, was the fifth year of my career, so I was only 27 years old. And leaving Pittsburgh where there was so many incredible leaders going to Seattle where there was clearly a, a void there because I was the high-priced free agent. Uh, there was a, They looked to me to try to be that guy. And I still at that point hadn't found my voice. I had learned a lot in Pittsburgh that I used later on in my time in Seattle. But that initial year, the pressure was so great for, for me to 
save the franchise. There were rumors about the Seahawks were going to move to L.A. In fact, they had done some offseason practices in L.A. And they had rented a facility in L.A. I was like, I'm just one dude trying to make some tackles. I can't save the franchise. So the, the pressure was so great that I didn't feel necessarily comfortable trying to then be a team leader. Luckily enough, we had guys like Warren Moon, who obviously, I think that point was 41 years old, had been a leader for a long time to kind of take up some of that uh, leadership uh, weight from me. But it wasn't until later in my time in Seattle where I gained some comfort with that. I still had to be me, which at that time was a much more quiet, shy person. So to jump up and be the raw, raw kind of leader that I think we, we typically think of when we think of leadership, that was never going to be me at that time. But the quiet leadership, um, I became a NFL union rep. So to talk to all the guys on the team about 401ks and pension plans and retirement and what the league offers, that's where I thought my leadership really began to take hold. And I certainly want to be a leader within my linebacker room. Again, not vocally because that was not my skill set at the time, but how I went about my business, how I went about my work, my work in the weight room, how I went about my work watching film, how, how much passion and energy I brought to practices, um, all those kind of things. I thought, okay, while I can't be that guy over there who's the rah-rah leader, I'm going to try and find different ways to, to be a leader any way that I can. And so after eight years in Seattle, I think I left there pretty comfortable with the leadership that I, that I left behind, uh, the influence that I had over guys. And ultimately, I would like to think there'll be some guys who in the next 10 or 15 years will look back and go, I'm, I'm so happy Chad Brown talked to me about participating in the 401k plan. I'm, I'm, I really think there'll be some guys who will be calling me up and thanking me because there were some guys I had literally to drag upstairs to the financial office and explain I'm bringing this rookie up here. I'm going to get him signed up for the 401k so we can we can take care of his future. Before we kind of wrap your playing career, uh, and I've heard you tell the story, your career kind of comes full circle from rookie trying to sort of make the team and make your niche to, you know, high price player in Seattle. And it sort of finishes back in New England on the backstage of your career where you're, you're not a featured player anymore, but you're a part of the team. But the reason we have to talk to him, I mean, gosh, we've spent all this time talking about coaches and leaders. And arguably the most iconic, successful coach in the history of the sport is your coach. What is it like at that stage of your career learning and, and, and playing for Bill Belichick? Uh, it turns out that coaching is teaching. And in some ways, leadership is also teaching. And I've been blessed to have incredible coaches and incredible teachers in my life. Uh, I mentioned earlier that my mother was a, was a teacher for her, her entire adult life. Bill Belichick is the greatest teacher I had ever been around and his ability to take I, when I become a new England Patriot, I'm 36 years old to teach me something, but also teach a 21 year old rookie something and get us all on the same page. I had never experienced a organization as dedicated to teaching as the new England Patriots. And that first year, which was year 13 of my NFL career, I learned more about football, some of the nuances and details of football in that one year than I had learned in the previous 12 years combined. Um, and I thought I had knew and seen everything by that point. So the level and the granularity of the teaching that they do in New England, um, it shows up because you know there's a ton of Lombardi trophies over there on display in that facility. So to be coached by him, I thought in some ways really capped my NFL career. Uh, I certainly would have loved to have been a bigger contributor on the field, but at that point I was starting, starting to decline physically. 
But because of his teaching, I was able to be successful in some very specific niche things that he asked me to do. And in some ways, I was also around because I had played so long and he was looking for me to be a leader in my own quiet way. So I kind of took that role as well. I certainly wasn't going to be leading Mike Vrabel and Teddy Bruschi. They set their own courses and their own paths and were leadership, leaders in their own way. But there were young guys who I had the opportunity to put my arm around. It may have been intimidating for Mike Vrabel or Teddy Bruschi to do that, but I was able to do that. Here's an, I'm just another dude like you just trying to make the team every week, trying to make sure I get to have a role on Sunday. So I'm just like you. I'm 37 years old or 38 years old in year 15 by this point, but I'm just like you trying to find a way to impress these coaches so they'll trust me to go out there and make some plays on Sunday. So after your career wraps, and, and we'll finish on this, I know you dabbled in coaching a little bit. You mm-hmm. did some coaching, coaching internships uh, along the way, and obviously you, you have your own business as well that we've heard you talk about. Um, why did you want to get involved in that way then, whether it's owning a business or doing the coaching? Why did you want to sort of flip the script then and become that mentor? Uh, when you have been given much, it is your job to give back. And if I can take some of these – whether it's these cliche phrases that coaches have said to me, some of the details and granularity I talked about with Bill Belichick and give them to someone else, I feel as if I've got a responsibility to keep it all to myself would literally be selfish. Um, So the coaching internships, I tried to dispense as much wisdom as I could. Coaching my sons and even years my sons didn't play, my Pop Warner team here in Colorado, and try to arm those kids with the great information I got from the coaches I had. And now at my company, trying to instill some of these things I've gotten. I think these are just these are just great lessons that are universal, not just for football, not just for leadership, but for business, for your family, for trying to, you know, turn some 12-year-old kids into kids who are going to be ready for high school. These things I've learned are so elemental for your success. I, again, I would feel selfish if I kept them all to myself. And you listening can have that same kind of impact. You don't have to be Chad Brown, a star NFL player. There's many ways to make an impact and be a mentor here in the community. DenverSports.com slash mentor is our site for be a mentor, be a fan. Learn how you can get involved. Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Colorado, a great organization we're proud to be partnered with, is looking for mentors who can help right now. Even if you can't do that, maybe you can become a coach, whether it's for your own child, another child in your community, whatever it might be, but just get involved, make an impact. Let's pass it on to the next generation. Chad Brown, thank you so much for joining me this morning. This was great, man. As I said earlier, one of my favorite subjects, and absolutely I will echo what you just said. Um, a awful day coaching is still a great day because you are impacting lives. So uh, get out there, help somebody. It doesn't have to be coaching sports. You can coach in lots of different ways, um, but you got some knowledge. Give it away. Be a mentor. Be a fan.